Good morning, everyone. Happy Midwife Monday. So glad you could make it today. Um, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yeah, the whole month. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we have lovely Mari, who on our little Facebook thing, it said Mara, but Mari is what we call you. Yes. Okay. So I almost said that there was a typo in our thing, but no, it's really yeah. And of That's course, the lovely nice. Angela Morgenstern. Mm -hmm. um, hey, we're talking about... Um, breast imaging and breast cancer awareness and things we can do to be proactive in our health and to kind of debunk some myths. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that in our world, in the midwifery model of care and in sort of a more holistic model of care, there's a lot of chatter about mammograms being dangerous. And I actually just asked a client who was here for her six week and I said, do you have any point of view about mammograms? And she's like, well, I did hear that they're really dangerous and that the compression of my breast will squish the cancer and spread the cancer cells. Um, so lovely Mari's gonna debunk that myth mm -hmm. and debunk this whole idea of, well, we'll talk about our mammogram safe, our ultrasound safe, our MRI safe, is thermography safe? And where do we fall in the spectrum of what is in your best interest and what is actually evidence-based. Um, and it's really hard to sift through all the data, mm -hmm. especially if it's not your field, right, to understand what some of this stuff means. So Mari, um, let's see, do we want to start with myth versus facts, or do we want to first Should talk we? about this breath health demystified? <laughs> well, we're gonna add, can we add a link to this? Do we have a link to this event? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to add a link to this event mm -hmm. that is being sponsored by Henry Mayo, mm -hmm. and it's called Breast Health Demystified, and there are going to be two doctors present. Correct. Can you share a little bit about who so they are? This is, this is an education event that is geared towards um, not just specifically breast cancer, it's actually about general breast health. Mm -hmm. So we're going to cover topics of risk, are you high risk, what are those things that you can do to prevent cancer. And then we're also going to talk very specifically about imaging and screening. Okay. Um, the two physicians that will be present are Dr. Dortha Chu, who's the breast surgeon at City of Hope, and then Dr. Anjali Date, who is our um, our uh, radiologist at the Sheila Vilos Breast Center. And we refer to the Sheila Vilos Breast Imaging Center when we're sending in for diagnostic stuff. If you have some little mass that's palpable, we will refer you in for an ultrasound, and if you need your annual screenings, that's where we send for all right. of our stuff. Mm -hmm. It's where I yep. go, mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. I've, you know, they, they're really great. Yes. Mm -hmm. They really are. It's a mm -hmm. very positive experience over there. They're really kind. Mm -hmm. They're very, it's just a very thoughtful, ex the whole experience mm -hmm. is, is very positive. It's correct. not a scary experience. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that. And it's right over here on the Henry Mayo campus. Yes. Um, so we'll post a link, but this is October 23rd from five to seven. Mm -hmm. The docs are going to be speaking somewhere in the middle of that time. Yes. And so I would encourage those that can attend to attend and yes. it's free. It is free. Yeah. So, and it's yep. over probably over, you know, um, oh, is it on their campus? Yes. Yeah. It's in the Henry Mayo Center. Okay. So we'll add a link to this and we encourage you to do it, especially if you have any kind of family history. Yes and to get some really good information. In addition, we'll have um, three nurse navigators that all work with breast cancer patients, myself included, and we'll also have um, resources and information. Mm -hmm. um, Great. So Mari, yeah. you tell us what your expertise is in, <laughs> in all of this breast cancer situation. Okay, so I, <laughs> I am what you call a breast health nurse navigator. So I work at the Sheila Vilos Breast Center, I work for Henry Mayo Hospital, 
um, while I do work with all cancer patients in the community, mm-hmm. I do focus um, primarily on breast. Mm-hmm. And so um, I interact with all patients that are coming into the breast center who have that first, very first initial potential abnormal mammogram. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you come in for your screening mammogram. We do it. The radiologist says, eh, I need a little bit more information. We need to bring you back for a diagnostic. And then I get that report. I uh, make a phone call to the patient and educate them on what we found, mm-hmm. if it's concerning or not, and then expedite to bring them back into to the breast center as soon as possible for what we call diagnostic imaging. So is it okay, Andrew, if I use your experience? Yeah. So yeah. As many of you know, Ange um, went through breast cancer treatment, mm-hmm. and how you've been out of treatment for a, a, almost a year. February will be one full year through radiation, yeah. right? Yeah. So Ange came in one day and said, oh, you know, I got this little lump. And I, as a terrible practitioner, was like, oh, yeah, I have the same little lump, too. <laughs> really what I said. And Terrible. they really did feel exactly, exactly the, same. the same. And my lump mm-hmm. is still there. And, and mine's gone. And hers is gone. <laughs> so she, I was like, oh yeah, I had the same thing. Terrible of me. I wouldn't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Terrible. And Angie's like, yeah, I don't believe you. I'm going to just go get it looked at. So then you went, the first stop was your general. Yeah. I just called in and had my annual mammogram because I was about four months late in scheduling that. Four months late in scheduling, mm-hmm. you had been getting annual Yeah, mammograms. since I had turned 40. Okay. Yeah. So no family history. No family history. So she goes to Sheila Vilos, mm-hmm. they image her, mm-hmm. they mammogram her, mm-hmm. and ultrasounded her? Well, oh. they mammogrammed me, and then I said, but there's something over here, and they're looking at the screens, and they don't really see what I'm referring they to. They can't see it on the mammogram. And then I went into another room and got it ultrasounded. And then they said, we'll phone you in a couple of days. And that's where you come in, and you go, oh, okay, we got this right. questionable mm-hmm. report. Correct. So mm-hmm. if anything shows up that is new, um, that the radiologist is unsure of exactly what it is, um, then we do what's called diagnostic imaging. So I call patients and I explain to them the results of their imaging, whether it's mammogram or ultrasound, and then explain why we need to bring them back. And then our goal at the breast center is to bring them back as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And that and happened to you. We usually do it within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So you come back in for whichever imaging the radiologist feels like is going to be most beneficial to diagnosing or further investigating whatever is there. So now we're past a mammogram because mm-hmm. that's just a screening. Well, you could come back for what's called a diagnostic mammogram, which is where we repeat the mammogram. However, we use different techniques and we do like a high-powered focus just in on that one area of the breast that looks abnormal. Mm-hmm. So then I'm going to jump in with mm-hmm. a, which, what I think might be a MEP. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, but that radiation is so strong. You've yep. now mm-hmm. just quadrupled, magnified all of my cancer cells and you've increased my risk of cancer. And that's yep. common on the Dr. Mercola website mm-hmm. where he does report that mammograms are dangerous and that the exposure to that radiation is increasing our risk. If we are exposed to mammograms annually, we're increasing our risk for breast cancer. Yeah, that's incorrect. That is incorrect. Yeah. The radiation exposure that you get from a mammogram, as far as I know, is never shown to cause cancer. You um, get more what if daily I radiation. My phone stuck in my bra. <laughs> That's also a common misconception. It is. Yes, it is. Oh, oh, it is. <laughs> Especially if somebody calls you. Uh, that 
that's you, a misconception. It is a misconception. Mm -hmm. You get more radiation exposure from the environment on a daily basis than you do getting a mammogram. Mm -hmm. Wait, hold a on. Let's go back to the misconception the about, a day at the beach. But what about my phone in my bra? Is that a misconception? It is a misconception. There's been no data to prove that wearing your cell phone in your bra gives you a higher risk of cancer. The only reason I wear a bra, because clearly I don't have enough breasts to fill a bra, is to, to like hold, hold things in that. <laughs> I don't put my phone in there because I thought perhaps it would increase my risk of breast cancer. Yeah. Right. No evidence to support that. Correct. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So, all right. So, and you went back for further testing. They yeah. biopsied it. They biopsied it. Renee came with me. God I did. Her. And then... Then I got called back in right away and I knew that things were going south. Things went south. Yeah. <laughs> and thankfully... You caught it early. Yeah. You did a self-exam, and we were talking yeah. earlier about the protocols on... Yes. Um, so, ACOG, mm -hmm. and... What is ACOG, Renee? American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. Thank you. Which is awesome, and they set a lot of standards, and they have mm -hmm. lots of position papers, mm -hmm. and as midwives, we look at all the ACOG protocols, and we don't always necessarily agree with the ACOG protocols, but it is absolutely a, a you know, it's a pretty good resource. Mm -hmm. And so ACOG is currently saying self-breast exam really doesn't matter. Right. But what we find is that if you are familiar with your breasts, mm -hmm. that's really important. I know I have this cyst that I've had since I was a breastfeeding mom that stays the same. I keep my eye on it. I check mm -hmm. it. Recently, it got way bigger. And I was like, oh, hmm, do I need to do anything about that? I knew that I did some... I, I counseled with people that are better at it than me, mm -hmm. and no, I didn't have to do anything about it. It was normal. Mm -hmm. I think I asked you, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but know your breasts. Correct. Now, ACOG says it doesn't help. We're not decreasing identifying breast right. cancer right. with self-exam, but you right. still should self-exam. In my case, it made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then, when do we start breast cancer screening? Mm -hmm. I am too young to get, I am, oh, I am too young to get breast cancer. Well, we know that's not true. Correct. Correct. Right. Yeah. Age isn't. Age is just a number. So 25% of all breast cancers are diagnosed in women under 50, and there is a large percentage that are diagnosed under 40, though it is not as common. How but old were you, Wench? Under 50. Uh, 42. 42. The youngest patient that I've treated was 23, was mm -hmm. stage 3. And so there's oh. lots of anecdotal stories about patients that are young, um, but Again, the screening guidelines, there is some varying. Um, the U.S. Preventative Task Force recommends age 45 and even every other year. However, um, all other screening agencies recommend annual screening for mammography begins at age 40. And is that's the current year. standard? Yes, mm -hmm. that is American College of Radiology, um, the National Associations of Breast Surgeons, um, NCCN, which are the um, cancer guidelines that all medical oncologists follow, all agree. American Cancer Society has changed their stance as well. They used to recommend age 45, and now they're saying at age 40 is a good time to start discussing it, and it is reasonable for women to start screening at age 40. And that is irregardless of family history. Okay. Mm. And insurance will cover yes. starting at age 40. Insurance will cover starting at age 40. A mammography does not need... You do not need to be referred. Women can self-refer for mammograms. Mm -hmm. Unless you have an insurance, like we talked, like an HMO that requires an insurance referral. And that is not, that's just so they get like paid. Like Kaiser. Yeah. Kaiser. Mm -hmm. 
That's mm-hmm. just so the mm-hmm. the um, breast center gets paid. Right. You can still self-refer without a physician mm-hmm. order. And if you come to us and, and most midwives in the state of California, um, we all do Well Woman. And part of that mm-hmm. is, you know, you come for your annual Well Woman and we will make those referrals. And we often will, if you palpate anything, if there's any yes. questionable palpable mass in the breast, call us, come in, we palpate it, we say, you know what, let's send you over. They'll first do a mammography, and then we do a diagnostic. We refer out for an ultrasound. In most cases, if you're under 40 and you're coming in for a palpable finding, yes. Oftentimes, we start with ultrasound. You'll start with ultrasound. Yes, because in women under 40, it is typically something that will pick up on ultrasound. If we feel we need to do mammography, we will at the same time. So we can do really either. Um, what is the, how effective is mammography? Um, mammography can diagnose, mammography diagnoses 85% of all breast cancers that are treated. And? And that's not to say it misses 15%. It means that there's other ways that people detect the other 15%. Like Angie was identified by? Screening mammography Mm -hmm. identifies 85% of all breast cancers. Um, what does mammography do very well? So a mammogram can pick up um, very, especially a 3D mammogram. So a 3D mammogram takes the breast and, in a sense, slices it very thin and looks at every Filet single, it. yes, from multiple <laughs> angles around the breast. It's not a straight-on picture. So what it can show are extremely subtle changes in your breast tissue. So it can tell if your normal breast tissue is starting to develop an abnormal shape. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's called asymmetry. Um, one thing that mammography can do that no other screening tool can do is detect calcifications. Right. And so these, ultrasound cannot. No. No. Because ultrasound uses sound waves. Yes. Um, and so it doesn't pick up on solid calcifications. It does not diagnose mm-hmm. them. Only mammography can do that. And calcifications, there's two types. There's micro, which are very, very tiny. And if you look at a mammogram, they show up as tiny white dots. Like sand? Kind of. It looks like somebody pinpointed little Mm -hmm. white dots Mm -hmm. in the breast. If they're larger white dots, those are macro calcifications. Those are almost always benign. We just follow them, but we don't worry about them. Mm -hmm. But tiny micro calcifications are an early indicator of an early developing breast cancer, specifically DCIS, which is ductal carcinoma in situ, which is stage zero, the earliest stage of breast cancer. And you were stage one? Yeah. B. I was stage one, but then after surgery, once they actually were able to get in there, they classified me as stage two B. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So along the ideas of the conversation about mammograms, can yes. you say something about... Because that's other one that doesn't work. Thermography. Thermography. So yeah, I was going to ask that. So so very popular in um, again in the midwifery model and in a more holistic setting. A lot of um, midwives and chiropractors and acupuncturists and holistic practitioners. Mm-hmm. Um, we're taught a lot about thermography. Well, we're not. There's not a lot of education about thermography, but we're told a lot about thermography, right. and we're told as holistic providers that it is a better choice mm-hmm. than mammography because it can detect, um, and those of you that have had thermography or if you are a thermographer, um, we would love to hear what you have to say about this, but my understanding is that it can detect stuff that a mammogram cannot detect, but what I do know about thermography 
is it has a very high false negative. It misses a lot. But mm -hmm. can you talk about where the research is on thermography, mm -hmm. what these oncologists mm -hmm. and these breast specialists are mm -hmm. saying about thermography? Right. So from what I know about thermography, it uses heat to mm -hmm. sense things. So the problem being is that um, it cannot detect an early stage breast cancer. It cannot detect a microcalcification, which is the very beginning stages often of breast cancer. And so mm -hmm. you have a higher chance of missing cancer at its earliest stage. And by doing that, it makes the cancer more difficult to treat because you end up finding it at a later stage. What does, so explain the heat. Do you know the heat component? What does, so are, you don't know, like are the mm -hmm. masses generating heat? Yes, the thought is that these, these masses that produce cancer, yes, put out some sort of thermal signal. Hmm. Um, but mm -hmm. my reading is, from what I know about it, is that the mass has to be a certain size in order for that to show up on thermography. Mm -hmm. okay. um, there is no standard screening guideline of any organization, whether it's ACOG or um, American College of Radiology, breast surgeons, mm -hmm. NCCN, even the U.S. Preventative Task Force does not recommend thermography as a screening tool. Do we know if thermography is used in other countries? I have no idea. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know either. But I remember asking your oncologist, yeah. Dr. Mm -hmm. Dr. Sudan, who was awesome, mm -hmm. the tallest man in oncology. He's fantastic. <laughs> um, he said there's no evidence he did. Yeah. And he was an acupuncturist, this yeah. dude, yes. before he was an oncologist. And he had a lot of really good information about holistic care. Mm -hmm. I thought yes. he was pretty knowledgeable yeah. about other modalities, and he was open to all kinds of ideas. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he did say that there was no evidence behind the thermography, and he did not recommend it. Mm -hmm. So again, going back to Dr. Mercola, which you know, back in you know when I was first starting and I was doing a lot of reading, I was all about thermography, and mm -hmm. I would always go to Dr. Mercola and see what it said. Mm -hmm. um, but then I read through looking on clicking on his links, Dr. Mercola, that um, a lot of those studies actually that's where the thermography stuff came up. That it was very high false Negative. negatives, Correct. and I would weigh rather a false positive. Than a false negative, mm -hmm. personally. Yeah, I would. And rather... I would way rather get it caught at stage zero, where yes. a mammogram can catch it. Correct. You're going to do thermography because you're trying to avoid radiation. You catch your cancer too late, and then you're in. You're being radiated. Yeah. For 36 days. S right. <laughs> and then after the radiation, as Ange, you know, unless she wants to go into it today, but yeah. then there's the whole recovery from the radiation. That yeah. was gnarly. Yeah, it was. Um, because you thought you were done, mm -hmm. right? You did the chemo, that was awful, and then you did the radiation, that was pretty awful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would, well, I wasn't doing it, so I don't really know, but yeah. watching it. Yeah. And then I I thought watching your recovery, that your recovery from the radiation was definitely in my yeah. mind. That's what still works. The steroids yeah. and then the pain yeah. and then the anxiety that that causes. Yeah. And, and what does it do to my tissue, Mari, why I'm always so radiation. tight on this side? It, it like the radiation like my tissue actually it, it atrophies that muscle it does, yeah right? it atrophies yeah. it and it and it creates scar tissue right yeah it was terrible it was terrible yes. so some other myths um, mm -hmm. well let's see what um, what are the risk factors for getting breast cancer how do we well, how do we the, decrease our risk breastfeed your babies we know that breastfeeding yes. women decrease breast cancer yes it all has to do with your estrogen levels um, so. Really, there's, there's several risk factors when it comes to breast cancer that, that are all things that we can, can change. So first of all, regardless of family history, it's important that every woman know they have a 1 in 8 
chance of getting breast cancer. One in eight. And, and there doesn't like, that have to has be... nothing to do with your family history right. or your genetics. Because mm -hmm. I didn't get this thing looked at because I was like, look, my family has cancer all over the place. We die very young. And I'm okay with that. But the one cancer we don't get is breast cancer. I was like, oh, it doesn't happen in my family. One right. in eight of us. One in eight will get, will get breast cancer regardless of, of any family history or genetic. It's terrible. It's also important to know that less than 5% of cancers have any genetic component to them at all. Less, less than 5% less than 5 percent of any cancer of any cancers have a genetic component, meaning mm -hmm. a gene that is not functioning that causes your cancer. For example, BRCA1, BRCA2, and there's actually several others. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. So when you come into the breast center, um, every patient fills out a risk assessment form. Right. So it is important to know what your actual family history is. We are looking for a risk or a diagnosis of cancer in first line first generation, so moms, sisters, um, grandmothers. Mm -hmm. You're higher risk if your mom, for instance, was diagnosed with cancer under the age of 50. Any cancer. Specifically breast, cancer. breast and okay. ovarian. Mm -hmm. Breast um, and ovarian. And then anyone who's had more than one cancer diagnosis. So these things help us decide if you genetically could be at risk. So Angie, your dad had mm -hmm. brain cancer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doesn't risk you for breast cancer. No. I, mean, don't I don't get, know that, but I mean, it gets, it gets kind of complicated. Okay, I'm going to stop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A family, having a family history of numerous cancers can, in some cases, make you, yes, you can all have the same genetic mutation. There are men that have BRCA, um, you know, mutations. Mm -hmm. There's also one called the PALB gene. There's P several. PALB. PALB. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then there's also one called Lynch syndrome, um, which if um, is more known in the GI community. So. Okay. Um, but all of these are genetic components. But again, even if you have a ha family history like she does of different types of cancer, doesn't necessarily mean that it's all genetic related, mm -hmm. but it is worth investigating. Okay. So we have screening tools when you come into the breast center to, to help us decide if you need further investigation yeah. of your genetic mm -hmm. okay. history. Did you, you did the BRCA. Yeah. Yes. Um, Dr. Student recommended it. And what, it was really interesting. It was just, I put some mouthwash in my mouth. And I kind of just swished it around and spit in a cup. And a week later, yes. I find out if I'm yeah. plus. And you were. And I was not. Negative. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even with, even with a family history of numerous cancers, her own cancer, still she was not genetically positive for any kind of a mutation. Okay. But it is worth investigating. And mm -hmm. it's worth also noting that the genetic screenings that you can buy off the internet and do at home oh. are not effective for diagnosing to see if you have a genetic uh, mutation for that causes cancer. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a lot of discussion about... Um, what is it, it like the 23andMe? 23andMe and mm -hmm. those, and we do not recommend that anybody use those if they're trying to find out if they have a um, genetic okay. um, condition that might cause a cancer. You need to go see a genetics specialist, and there are several here in town and obviously all over L.A. County um, okay. that can do that for you and actually have a conversation about what your risk is and then choose the genetic testing panel that best suits your needs. Okay. Yeah. What if um, you know you're BRCA positive, mm -hmm. and um, what should we... How do we counsel those women? How do we okay. help them? Now, BRCA positive because my mom had it. We all tested. We're positive, but I have no breast cancer right now. Okay. So, first and foremost, when you get tested and you find out you have a BRCA mutation, my recommendation is that you seek the counsel of either a medical oncologist or a breast surgeon. 
you want somebody who's very familiar in this field and who can really sit down and manage your care because they're going to manage your care for the rest of your risk lifetime. So there's usually two standards. We're all very familiar with Angelina Jolie. She had a mutation, and so she chose to have a prophylactic mastectomy, mm -hmm. which is a viable option, mm -hmm. but it's not the only option. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have a mastectomy just because you have a mutation. Though you are at much higher risk for developing cancer, if you are being followed by, let's say, one of our local breast surgeons, they will order the, the necessary screening tools. And in fact, usually you go to a yearly MRI versus some of the other screening tools mm -hmm. and close follow-up to ensure that you're not developing breast cancer. And what are some things you can do, whether you're BRCA or not, mm -hmm. to decrease your risk of breast cancer? Okay. So um, I always find it interesting that everybody wants alternative medicine or alternative um, imaging. The one thing that you can do, there are two things that are genetically linked to raise your risk of breast cancer that you can change today. Mm -hmm. Well, technically three if you count smoking. So stop smoking. <laughs> stop smoking. Nobody should be smoking. Um, number or one. Or vaping. Or vaping. It's just as bad. Uh, um, nicotine. Tobacco use of any kind. <laughs> huh. Huh. Tobacco uh. use of any kind. No go anymore. Um, but one is your weight. Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't think most people realize that obesity is the second... Uh, most common risk factor that helps determine whether or not you're going to develop and it's any cancer. Is that because cancer likes adipose tissue? It likes the, the more fat adipose tissue, for example, the more adipose tissue that you have, the more hormone production you yes, have, the more right. estrogen you have. Yes. The other thing is, is it makes it makes finding cancer more difficult. Right. Mm. But estrogen, you have more estrogen. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And my cancer was fueled by estrogen and progesterone. Yes. yes. Are all but I don't think I was overweight. Not necessarily, not necessarily, but they all still carry the same risk. So, um, okay, so there are certain things you could do holistically, and, right. and I don't have the answers off the top of my head about decreasing your estrogen, right? Um, right. Uh, processed foods and and chemicals in our Correct. shampoos and body washes and right. all of those things, and lots of things we can do to decrease our estrogen load. Right. You know, stress. Right. And, and food. It, and mm -hmm. I get, as a nurse, the most common question I'm asked is about diet and nutrition, whether it's somebody preventing cancer or somebody who's been diagnosed and trying to get through cancer treatment. Two very different recommendations. Mm -hmm. There is no diet out there. Vegans, vegetarian, and you low know fat, a lot about fat. diet because you also have a history. You're previous before you were doing yes. cancer. Yes. You were doing gastro, right? Were you doing... I worked for, yeah, I was in weight loss. Right. Yeah. 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 She knows a lot about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. there is no one diet that has ever been proven to be more effective at preventing cancer. However, there are foods that we know have cancer prevent. And I believe decreasing your animal products is useful in. It can be. It yeah. can be. It can be. Organic food, no pesticides. But on, yeah. but on the flip side, there's no proof that not eating or eating a plant-based diet reduces your risk any more than eating a normal mm. diet with meat. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of things. Mm. But we all know that omegas and free fatty acids and antioxidants all have cancer-preventing yes. abilities. So yeah. the, the main thing is just eating a well-balanced, healthy diet, avoiding sugar. There's a direct link of sugar to cancer wow. mm -hmm. um, and obesity. Mm -hmm. um, and so if we can reduce our sugar intake and reduce our processed food intake, then... So cook your food, cook your buy food. organic, yes. buy local, yes. decrease your animal products. Yes. Get a mammogram. Get a mammogram. Just saying. Yeah. And keep your weight down. 
Obesity, at least just in breast cancer alone, increases your risk anywhere from 20 to 40% higher if you are obese. Alcohol. Alcohol is another one. So um, alcohol does, I think I even quote it, yes. So alcohol increases your risk by at least 15%, but that goes up. How much alcohol? <laughs> so statistically, so I just from, if you go from one, <laughs> one glass of wine a day, <laughs> <laughs> to three glasses of wine a day, your it compounds, so your risk actually goes higher. So the recommendation would be also to decrease your alcohol use. What is an appropriate amount? Of, what what is an okay amount of alcohol? Any? <laughs> Depends on. What I I, your I risk don't drink nor do I smoke weed. Yeah, because I'm on call all the time. But because we say for a pregnant person, you can have four ounces. I think uh -huh. ACOG says four ounces of an alcoholic beverage yes. daily is yeah. safe in pregnancy. We do not recommend that you drink alcohol while you're pregnant. But mm -hmm. four ounces daily, and there mm -hmm. are there's research that red wine has medicinal benefits. It does, it's good it for is, you, but is. more than so that. So I think kind that. of some of the way of thinking is is that if you're consuming three drinks a day, mm -hmm. your risk it's is raised significantly by as much as or as little as fifteen percent. The more you drink, the higher your risk goes. It compounds right. on itself. Three drinks a day—that's a lot of drinking. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. Don't drink that much. Yeah. And if you are drinking that much, give us a call and let us help you figure out how to stop drinking that much. <laughs> yeah, and it's important. The other thing is, is it one drink a day, so that's seven a week, or is it one to three drinks over a seven-day period? So it's either that daily drinking, so as mm -hmm. much as one glass a day of... Daily. Daily, mm -hmm. or three times per week. That's what raises your risk. So you have to look at it as spread out either. So, mm -hmm. you know, don't compound it all onto one Friday night because you think your risk is going to be interesting. Less. Does that make more sense? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, any questions, Kelly? No. Okay. So I think the takeaway mm -hmm. is we believe annual mammogram screening starting Absolutely. at the age of 40 is appropriate. Mm -hmm. You can't squish just because, you know, you get into mm -hmm. that machine, right? And then they squish your breast. You can't spread cancer by no. compression. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, mammograms don't pick up everything, but if you have something like Angie felt something, they didn't see it on a mammogram, they then did an ultrasound, mm -hmm. and then they identified yeah. it. So we yeah. do know that ultrasound is pretty effective mm -hmm. it is. for a lot of things. And then there's even MRIs that are certainly effective for certain people, but that is not the go-to. Right. And there's a lot of question of why we don't use breast MRI for screening. Mm -hmm. Now, it is appropriate in somebody who has like a BRCA mutation, but MRI shows everything in the breast right. tissue. So it shows that. things that. that we you don't necessarily want to see. Therefore, if we see something, we have to chase it down. So again, yeah. because they're so sensitive, MRIs are so sensitive and pick up so many things that oftentimes it'll pick up things that aren't really that meaningful, which is why we don't use it as screening tool. However, mm -hmm. it is an excellent tool once somebody's been diagnosed right. to follow mm -hmm. to make sure that there's nothing developing. But Ange, don't you still have to do a mammogram so insurance Absolutely. will cover your MRI? I feel like no. I remember that. If my oncologist wants to, or there's a medical reason for my oncologist to order an MRI, he'll order it and insurance will pay for it. Yes. Everybody, regardless of whether or not they have breast cancer, still goes through a screening mammogram. Now, okay. she had a lumpectomy. She still has breasts. She mm -hmm. still has to go through screening. She still mm -hmm. has the same risk that you or I have mm -hmm. of developing a new cancer. Right. 
But I almost feel better about it because I'm being watched so closely. Yeah. So you guys are the ones that aren't. So. Right. Yeah. Thanks, and so <laughs> watch your back. Watch your back. <laughs> Um, so the takeaways are do your do your mammograms. We <laughs> do believe that they are effective. They mm -hmm. do not cause cancer. The radiation from a mammogram is not going to kill you, but not identifying your breast cancer will. Well, if you um, find something, you're under the age of 40, and you find something that's yes. suspicious, let a medical provider know. Yeah. Absolutely. And if Absolutely. you're under our care or have ever been under our care, or even if you're not under our care and want to mm -hmm. physically come in for a visit and say, look, I have this palpable mass, I will send you out. Yes. We'll just write the yes. order and send you in. And yes. it works really, it's seamless. Mm -hmm. um, and it's pretty painless. You just have to make the time And to do women it. under 40 have to self-advocate. Yeah. Yes. If you feel something yes. that you know is not right, and your provider... Not a from breastfeeding. Correct. And your provider says, no, I think it's nothing. If you want to come in and get an ultrasound, find somebody who will order for you and self-advocate. We will order it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not scary to have it done. Angie dragged me mm -hmm. in because I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And they did confirm that my little thing was a cyst. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't terrible. Yeah. And my cyst didn't pop. And it doesn't hurt. No. And they give totally. me free cookies. We they do, do get free cookies. Mm -hmm. They do. Yes. But um, you shouldn't eat them because it increases your risk of cancer. But that's, that's the problem right there. <laughs> I know. It's but not it makes the you feel good. It's the sugar. And when you come into the Sheila Velos Press Center anytime for diagnostic imaging. And we are not making any money. We do not get there's no, no kickback. We don't get a percentage. Mm -hmm. We are not, we have no affiliation. No. But it is the best <laughs> press center Santa Clarita Valley. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. And you know, yeah. I've been working with them. I used to run a program for the city of Los Angeles. For a very long time, for like 11 years, back in, nine, I think I started in like 2001, and Sheila Vilos was yes. here, and mm -hmm. Susan Komen. Mm -hmm. And so we, Sheila Vilos would come down and do classes, and we've been referring to Sheila Vilos for a really, really long time, yes. and they really yes. do. We're actually celebrating, it. this is our 15th year of being open, and we're actually having a big celebration this awesome. week. Awesome. Um, but yeah. That's, that's why we're here. So I did want to just point out that if you come in for some sort of diagnostic test, um, our radiologists meet with you that day. Mm -hmm. they, they do the diagnostic imaging and they come and sit down with you and give you the results, good, bad, indifferent. And so you don't ever leave still not wondering, knowing. not knowing what's um, going on. So for people that are not in the Santa Clarita Valley and that's yes. not convenient for Sheila Velos, yes. can we call Sheila Velos for a uh, list? Do you guys keep a list of places that are breast imaging mm -hmm. around the country? Um, are there free services? There are, are there... free services. So um, if somebody is uninsured... Um, or on a Medi-Cal program, the state of California has a program called the Cancer Detection Program. It's part of the Avon Foundation as well, mm -hmm. and they get free annual screenings of all kinds. So they get a free That's mammogram, right. they get their yearly colonoscopy, they get mm -hmm. everything. And so there's three clinics here in town actually that provide that mm -hmm. service, and that's the um, Northeast Valley Oh, yeah, clinics, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you enroll through that program, mm -hmm. and actually, Sheila Velos is the contracted provider. So mm -hmm. a lot of our women are coming in on this cancer detection program, which is just their Great. annual. Yes. Great. Yeah. And, and if you are outside of the valley, we can help you find resources if you yes. need to be screened. Mm -hmm. And as the Breast Center and being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, one of the things, the reason for all of our activities this month is we're raising money. This is a foundation that we have established by the Sheila Velos' family, and so we raise mm -hmm. money all year so we can give back to our community. So if you are underinsured or you don't have mm -hmm. insurance, we don't want to turn you away. We have the resources to be able to help you so you can still come in and get your annual screening. Awesome. Mm -hmm. yes. Awesome, awesome. 
Um, I think that's it. Let me just look through our quick myth thing. Deodorant does not cause cancer. No. Um, <laughs> I've never had children, so I can't get breast cancer. Not true. Not true. If I find a lump in my breast, I have cancer. Not true. No. I have one. It's not cancer. No. She had one and was cancer. Uh, mammograms cause breast cancer. No. Um, women with a family history of breast cancer or other risk factors are the ones who get it. Not always. One in eight of us will get it without a family history. Yes. Alcohol is definitely linked to breast cancer. My weight has an effect on breast cancer. So obese, adipose tissue, estrogen likes it, and yes. it's harder to detect. Yes. Mm -hmm. So those are the takeaways. She, we're going to do this. There's this thing over at Henry Mayo, October 23rd from 5 to 7. Yes. You can talk to these guys. It's already in the comments. It's already mm -hmm. in the comments. If you're a person that um, does thermography, we would love to hear your comments on this um, because I want to hear the research that we're doing. I don't want to say it doesn't work, and perhaps you have some research that we're unaware of and we would love mm. to have a discussion about it because we're all about what are all of our alternatives and how can mm -hmm. we help women the mm -hmm. best that's evidence-based. We don't want you to get cancer. Mm -hmm. So that's the end of today. Thank you all. If you have questions, concerns, comment below. We're also going to, I don't know, it's in all those places that we talk about. <laughs> so see you next week. Thanks.